verses 25 and 26. Jeremiah 2, 25 and 26. Man, I sure appreciate my church, my church family, and I appreciate you just worshiping and just blessing the Lord in this place, offering up a sacrifice of praise. Gets that ground ready for the word. And we want our heart to be ready for the word of God. In Jeremiah 2 and 25, the Lord speaking to Israel, withhold thy foot from being unshod. He's trying to tell his people, you belong to me. You're not just a, a wild animal, a wild horse. You know, they would catch these wild horses, but when they catch them and they bring them in, they, they tame them, they, they put them shoes on them, they, they take care of them. Now he's saying, withhold your foot from being unshod and thy throat from thirst. But you said, this is God's children answering him back, there is no hope. No, for I have loved strangers and after them will I go. As a thief is ashamed when he is found, so is the house of Israel ashamed. God's given us a reason why they gave that strange answer. They, their kings, their princes, their priests, and their prophets. I want to preach on this for just a few moments. There's always hope. Let's lift our hands and pray together. Precious Jesus, we love you today. And we thank you, God, for always making a way. Every time we turn around, Lord, you're there making a way of escape that we're able to bear it, Lord. And God, I know today that, Lord, you can do the impossible. And so, oh, in this house today, God, speak. Let us hear the word of God and let it find good ground in our heart. Lord, let it restore hope in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Would you clap your hands to the Lord this morning? I'm going to switch mics here. I read this through a few weeks ago, and I've always been amazed at the Scripture and marveled at it because it's just amazing that people, God's people, not just people in the world that don't know God. I know there's people all the time in this world that just don't serve Him, don't know Him, and they lose hope. But for God's people to lose hope, it just doesn't make any sense to me and uh, he's speaking to his people and he's trying to encourage them. I, I want you to be mine and I want to refresh you. I want uh, your thirst in. How many times has the Lord said, you know, all ye that thirst come unto me? And, and he said, but you answered me when I offered a solution. There is no hope. It doesn't matter if you lose hope. It doesn't matter who's talking to you. Hello. This is the Lord speaking to his people, the God that created all things, the God that uh, opened up a path in the Red Sea, the God that did signs and wonders and miracles in their presence, and he's offering them a solution. But when there is no hope, you'll even refuse God. He said that the answer was, there is no hope, no, for I have loved strangers, and after them I will go. And so the Lord gives us then a little insight into why they would answer this way he said the house of Israel is ashamed let me tell you something today it might get bad but there's still hope yeah. 
It might be bad, but there's still hope. You might feel bad, but there's still hope. It doesn't matter the reality of the mess that you find yourself in right now. There's still hope. As long as you have breath. Uh, hey, even better than that, as long as there is a God, because you could be dead and there's still hope. Hello, Lazarus. Come on. The dead in Christ going to rise first. Hello. It don't matter if I have breath. As long as there is a God and he's eternal, so he's going to always be here, there's always going to be hope. I don't care what the enemy's telling you. I don't care what the world's telling you. I don't care what the news is saying. There is always hope. I don't care what you think about yourself when you look in the mirror. There's always hope. I don't care how you cry yourself to sleep wondering how you got so far away. There's always hope. As long as you have a God that's reaching for you, as long as you have a God that loves you, there will always be hope. It's sad to find yourself in a place to where you just feel like, nope, I can go to church, but there's no hope. I can pray, but there's no hope. I can read my Bible, but there's no hope. I can preach a message, but there's no hope. I can sing the choir, there's no hope. I can teach Sunday school, there's no hope. I can, I can be in ministry, I can carry a card, but there's just no hope. It's sad for God's people, God's anointed, God's called to get to a point to where There is no hope. There's always hope. But there's something that will keep you from recognizing that, acknowledging that, speaking that, and that's shame. There's a song that got pretty popular a while here recently. It said, Fear is a Liar. Well, he's got a twin brother named Shame, and Shame is a Liar. Israel is saying we have no hope because the Lord let us know. They're saying this because they're ashamed. I've done wrong. I'm headed in the wrong direction. It's been too long. I've gone too far. I've done too bad. God can't possibly love me now. I can't surrender to him now. I can't face him now. No, there is no hope, and I'll just drift away in my sin. But that's a lie. Because as long as there's a God, there's always going to be hope. I said as long as there's a God. Come on, somebody. I know, hey, I know what what I'm working against here today. If God could talk to his people and they couldn't quite catch what he was saying, I understand that there's some people going through some things today and you have started to believe it's never going to change. It's just going to be like this, and there is no hope of anything better. I'll just continue as I'm going. But I'm telling you today that that's not true, that there is always going to be hope as long as you serve the Lord. In Romans chapter 6, in verse 20, this gives you a little insight into shame. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. When you're living in sin, yeah, you you might say, I have no hope. He said, you were free from righteousness. And then he says, what fruit or what profit had you in those things wherever you now are shamed? You see, shame never offers profit for anything. He said, "What, what fruit had you in those things wherever you are now ashamed? For the end of those things are death. But now. 
He said, I know where you were. He's writing to the church, and he's talking to them to their faces. I know who you were, and I know who you are, and I'm telling you that then you had no hope, and then you had no profit, but now that you're made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is still hope. And there's hope for you, and there's hope for me. There's things that we, when we are ashamed, and if we live in shame and continue in shame, there is no hope. It'll cover it up. But God will take away that shame. When he forgives you, you don't have to be ashamed. There ought to be shame facing us, and we ought to have some uh, regrets about uh, mistakes we've made. But if you just continue walking around in shame, if you, after he forgives you, after he delivers you, after he sets you free, all the good things he's ever done, if you can't lift your head and lift your voice and praise him for who he is, come on somebody, the reason Israel's still ashamed and the reason they're saying no, there's no hope is because they have forgotten that God is a deliverer and that God still loves them. Look what he said in Jeremiah 3 and 1, just after this, what he says to them. They say if a man puts away his wife and she goes from him and becomes another man's, shall he return unto her? Shall not that land be greatly polluted? He said, you have played the harlot with many lovers, yet return again to me, saith the Lord. God's not in the business of throwing you away. God's not in the business of letting you just be lost. God's always reaching. Withhold your foot. What did he say? Withhold your foot from being unshod. He said, keep your your throat from being thirsty. He said, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to bless you. I know what you've done. I know you're ashamed. Let me take that shame from you. When he died on that cross, let me tell you, he died to take away the shame of that sin. He didn't just forgive us of sin so we could walk around with our heads hung low. I still remember what I did before I was baptized in his name, but it's under the blood. It's, it's gone and it's washed away. And I have made mistakes since then. Oh, and I know what we ought to say. We go with the scripture. I believe it. I write unto you that you sin not, but if you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He's saying, don't ever believe that there's no hope. If you can find a place to repent, if you can find a place to call on God, there's still a place of hope. You don't have to say, well, it's been so long and it's been so bad and you don't know what I've done. I don't have to know what you've done. I know there's a God that still washes away all my sin. There's always hope. He said, return to me. Return to me. Return again to me, saith the Lord. I know what you've done. I know who you've been with. I know how, how you've been conducting yourself, but I still want you. I still I want you to come back. I don't want you to continue in what you're doing, but I want you to come back to me. God knows he's not caught off guard by your mistake. He's not caught off guard by your mess, but that's not the end. Every time I turn around, he's making a way. God's going to, there's always going to be hope with God because every time, every mistake, every heartache, every pain, God's making a way of escape. Sometimes it's through prayer. Sometimes it's through repentance. Sometimes it's through the water. Sometimes it's through the word of God. But God is always here to offer hope. He's always trying to get you back. Don't quit on God. Don't, don't, don't say there's no hope. Oh, no, 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 God. I, I, it's just been too much. So 
I'm just going to go with them. I'm just going to keep going in the direction. It's, it's just too bad. You know what? Why you're saying that? Shame. Because when you're ashamed, you'll drop your head. When you're ashamed, you get afraid. That's why I said it's like the first, the, the twin brother to fear. Because shame makes you afraid to face God. But the Bible says I can come boldly before the throne of grace in my time of need. I can bow down when, when sin does abound. The grace of God does that much more abound. When I make a mistake, grace is right there to help me. But I, I've got to take it. God's not going to force it. He said it's up to you. But if you'll, if you'll just come back, return. Return unto me. Come back to the way it was. Come back to the, the way things ought to be. I remember years ago, and maybe they still do this, but I, I remember uh, we would go into to like McDonald's or somewhere. They'd have these, you'd buy a meal and you'd get these little cards and they'd be uh, for a contest and have a little gray bar on it. And it'd say, scratch this off to see what you've won. You never are going to understand what you've got as long as that gray bar is there. And as long as you let shame stay over you, you're never going to understand what you can have with God. So you, if you were to go up to the register and say, here you go, give me what I want. Well, I don't know what you want. Why? Because there's something blocking that. It's the same way with shame. When you become ashamed, the first thing you need to do is repent and pray. You know what that do? That just start scratching the shame off so you can see that there is hope. That I am forgiven. Oh, if, but if you just keep living in shame, if you keep living with your head hung down, if you keep watching the ground, but the Bible says he made us to sit in heavenly places. I don't want to keep looking down. I don't want to keep looking at my feet. I want to be looking at Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. I want to lay aside the weight and the sin that does so easily beset me. Sometimes that weight is shame. It's the shame of what we've done. And yeah, it's bad. We don't want to go against the Lord. We don't want to make mistakes. We don't want to mess up. But sometimes we do. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and though he fall. Hey, guess what happens to the best of us? Sometimes we make mistakes, but we are not without hope. He said, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. That's hope. For the hand of the Lord, that's hope, will hold him up and keep him. Let me tell you, God is still taking care of people. God is still helping people today. I've been preaching to the church a lot lately, uh, the last couple of weeks. You know, don't, don't turn back, don't go back, keep living, keep going forward. I'm trying to tell somebody today, don't let shame take you out of this walk with God. Don't let shame block what God's got for you. You've got to come out from under it or you're never going to realize what God can do for you. In Romans chapter 5, in verse 8, in case you don't realize it, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. If he would die for us to wash us from our sins, how much more now is he going to try to take care of us? Is he going to stop offering hope for the sinner? The first time you knelt at the altar when somebody preached a message and God got your heart and you knelt to ask him to forgive and there was hope that this is real. And when you went down in that water in Jesus' name and came out and you felt that feeling like you've never felt before, you, boy, there was hope because you knew, man, that something happened. And when you began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the others, man, they, you just, hope was just flowing out of you. And now, sometimes people can't even believe that well, if I made a mistake, God's just going to write me off. God's not going to have anything else to do with me. 
But he said Christ died for us much more than being now justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life. So now the life, as Paul said, that I live in the flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul knew that in my flesh dwells no good thing, but I've got a God. I'm going to battle and I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm not giving up because I've still got hope. I've got that hope the Bible talks about like an anchor to the soul. I've got hope that's going to hold, that I can hold on to, that'll hold on to me, that's going to keep me. Yeah, it might get stormy and it might get rough and I may even really, really make a bad mistake, but there's always hope. Things can get really bad, but there's always hope. And when the Lord was talking to Israel, he said, I, I want to bring you in. I want you to refrain your foot from being unshot. I want to make you mine. And he said, but I don't want you to thirst either. And Jesus and the Lord, was always, he's always mentioning that about us not thirsting. You know that uh, in Jeremiah 2 and 13, the Lord said, the thing that has gone wrong is that you have forsaken me, the fountain of living water. He's the fountain of living water. I've got the river of living water. I've got the river of living water. He said, people get in trouble and they're going to start thirsting and going after other things when they forsake me, the fountain of living water. Hey, you forsake him, there's no hope. But when you realize I've got something in here, it's a river of living water. And it doesn't matter. He's still offering it to people. Even when they're walked away from him, even when they're not doing what they ought to do, he's still saying, I want you to come back to me. I want you back in John chapter 4. Jesus is talking to a woman at the well in 4 and 10. He says, if you just knew who you were talking to and who had said that you give me to drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. I'll give you me. She had five husbands. The one she was living with at that time wasn't her husband. He knew all about that. He didn't uh, hold back the offer. That was the reason for the offer. I don't want you to be lost. I don't want you coming in this well, these things of this world, and always drawing and never being satisfied. I'm trying to help you today and give you living water. You've made mistakes. I already know about them. Still, I'm going to offer you living water. In John chapter 7, in verse 37, In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, and he said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Any man, any man, I've made some mistakes. Are you a man? Yeah, then come on. Oh, but I've really, really, really done some bad things, Lord. Are you a man? I said any man, any man. I didn't say any man that was perfect. I didn't say any man that was that was healthy. I didn't say any man that was rich. I said any man, rich, poor, I don't care what color they are, what language they talk, what kind of disease they have, what kind of thing they've done in their life, if they would just come to me. If he is thirsty for something else, if he wants something that will give him hope, if he wants something that will keep him, 
Let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. So he was giving them a, a little insight into what was coming. Oh, today people are doing just like Israel, and they're forsaking him, the living water. They've been born again full of the Holy Ghost, but they are not letting that river flow. They're not letting that, uh, that current of that living water carry them, but they, they're, they're wading against the stream. They're, they're stepped clean out of the river. They're walking in their own way because they said, no, I've done too bad. It's been too long, and, and God was good to me, and I just can't, I'm ashamed of what's happened, and I just can't go back to the house of God. That's a lie from the devil. That's a lie from shame. Hey, let me tell you, that's a lie because there's always hope with God. He's still offering an opportunity. He's still reaching for those that have made mistakes. He's not just reaching for those that don't know him. He's reaching up for those that have fallen on their walk with him. He's reaching out for those that have made terrible mistakes, those that have turned their back on him. He's reaching for those that one time let that river flow. If I have ever known anything about the Lord, it's this. He's merciful, he's kind, and he's long-suffering. He is the builder of waste places, and he is not willing that any perish but all come to repentance. He told Israel at one place in the Old Testament, he said, Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die and not return from their ways and live? Don't let shame stop you from having hope. The prodigal son could have let shame keep him in the pig pen. But he knew too much about the father's house to, let, to stay where he was. And when he came to himself and he realized, he said, I'm going back. He's, and I'm just going back as a servant. Thank you, brother. I'm just going to go back as a servant. But when the father met him, he said, oh, you know, when you remove that badge of shame and just go on back and get back to the father's house, He's going to do so much more than you ever could imagine. Well, the father fell on his neck and kissed him and put a robe on him and a ring on him and shoes on him and restored his son to his rightful place. Not going to be a servant, not going to be a slave in my house. You're going to come back and be who I made you. Let me tell you, there's always hope in God. Always hope in God. Don't let shame stop you from having everything that God wants you to have. Don't let shame stop you from coming back and, and finding a place to pray. Don't let shame keep you out of these doors. Let's make sure we're telling people you don't have to be ashamed and you, and you can come back to God. Make sure you're letting people know there's always hope with God. In his death and burial and resurrection, it teaches us that the worst that this world can do to you does not diminish hope that you will rise again. He said something about three days, but have you seen him? They tore all the flesh off his body. His big gaping wounds. They pierced his side with a sword. I mean, I helped take him off the cross. I mean, was, there was hardly anything left of him. And I know he said something about three I'm not sure. Maybe we misunderstood him. I, but he knew. Destroy destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. Do your worst. There's hope. He told them that so they'd have hope. 
He told them that so when they saw that empty tomb, they would remember this is what he said would happen. Oh, it was bad. We were crying. Man, we were sad. We really thought this was it. This was the end. They've done away with him. But now he walks in the room saying, peace. <laughs> oh, hey, look at my hands. Uh, look at my feet. Uh, here's my side. And uh, here I am. It, it's me. You can handle me. I'm not a spirit. I'm not a ghost. It's me. I'm back. I make all things new. Well, if, if nothing ever gets broke, why does he have to make stuff new? But see, you know what happens? Stuff gets broke. And he says, but I can make all things new. He's a fixer, a builder of wasted places. He, 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 it can be torn down. It can be beat up. It can be bad, but it's, it's not beyond repair. God can still fix anything. There was scripture that talked about his death, but there's also scripture that talked about his resurrection. When he said, and you will not leave uh, my soul in, in hell, you will not leave, suffer your Holy One to see corruption. He said, you're not going to leave me there. I'm going to have to go there, but I ain't staying there. You might be some places you don't want to be, but you ain't got to stay there because there's hope. You might be in a place where you don't want to be in a place. It might be the place of your own making. We always say you made your bed, you have to lay in it. Sometimes that's true, but you can always get out of the bed. You can always get out of that place. You can always uh, reach up and take the hand of the Lord. You can always come back to God. You can always talk to Him. In Hebrews 6 and 19, it tells me we do have hope as an anchor to the soul. Somebody needs to remember today that you, you've got hope in this life, that it's not over. You might be uh, going the wrong way now, but I'm just telling you, Jesus is reaching for you today. God's always reaching for you today. You might have loved ones that you feel like, man, they, they are so lost and they've, they've just gotten so far away from God and from the things that they know is right. And, and I just don't know if there's any hope for them. There is always hope. Always hope. If somebody will pray for them and intercede for them, there's always hope. When we've seen scriptures where there were people had family members that were sick and they were dying and uh, they could have just stood there and accepted that. But instead they went and found Jesus. And then there was hope. And it got bad for Jairus and his daughter. It got bad. She was sick, but on the way home she died. And they said, don't bother him. Don't bother the master anymore. She's dead. But Jesus said, don't be afraid. Only believe. He gave him hope. I know it looks bad, but you don't know what I can do. Lord, he's been dead four days. You, you don't heard nothing I said. I'm the resurrection and the life. You, you, you ain't heard me. I'm, I've been offered. Oh, you, you covering up everything with this bad situation. You just believe it's got to stay like this, but I can change the situation. I can fix your circumstances. I can take care of you. I can forgive you. I can restore you. Whenever we come back to God, we're not broken, busted up, half-priced Christians. He said, I make all things new. Not just the first time, any time. I'm not limping into heaven. I'm not limping on my walk with God. I'm running this race with patience. I'm not, people say, oh man, I'm just barely making it. I'm scratching and crawling. I'm not. I'm walking. I might fall sometimes, but I'm walking. Because the Lord told me to get up and, and run this race and, 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 and walk and follow him and take my cross and follow him. And, and people say, oh, I'm going to be glad if I just barely scratch and get through the door to heaven. It ain't true. It ain't how it's going to happen. Because God's people got hope and God's people's got victory and God's people are going to make it all the way in. Let me tell you, I trust God. 
I believe in him today. Back in Romans chapter 5, I'm getting ready to, to, to wind up right here. In Romans chapter 5, we read the lower half of that, that chapter, but at the beginning, he said, Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. There's always hope, church. He, he's writing to the church, and he's telling them, look, it, hey, I know who you are. You're my brother and sister, and you're human just like I am, and I know you're going to make mistakes and have problems, but we have hope in the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also. Listen to what he says. We, we quote this all the time. That tribulation works patience and patience experience and then experience hope. But I can't stay ashamed, but it says, hope maketh not ashamed. See, if you can just keep hope, it'll push that shame right out the door. It doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes. It doesn't mean shame's not going to come knocking. And it don't mean that shame won't come in and sit down on your couch. But when you lift up your head and say, you know what, I made a mistake, but I'm a child of God and I have hope. See, some, uh, see tribulation ain't always fiery darts from the enemy. <laughs> Tribulation's uh, the mistakes of our flesh and, and us making our, 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 our detours along this way and falling on our face. And, and so sometimes uh, it, it takes all that to get us to a place where we remember that there's hope. And when shame comes and sits down and looks us in the face and goes, you might as well just stay here. Let's just bar the door and stay inside. Don't go out no more. Don't go back to church. Don't keep praying. Don't keep reading. Don't keep doing the things that God called you to do because you have messed up too bad and, and that's awful. Oh, he loved you and died for you and you did that. How could you even walk in the church house? You go up, open the door and say, you need to hit the road. Because, but when you start saying, I have hope in God, I believe that he still washes away my sin. I still believe that he loves me. I have hope that he loves me today. You know what? Hope's just going, or shame's just going to start vanishing away. Because it can't stay where hope is. Shame can't stay where hope is. I need you to have hope, church. Come on, child. I need you to have hope. Come on, whoever made that mistake, I need you to have hope. Those that's been on the edge of giving up, I need you to get some hope back. You've been ashamed. You've been walking with your head down, but it's time to remember that Jesus still loves you. And no matter how broke it looks, God can still fix it. And if you'll just lift your head up and have hope, shame's just going to go right out the door. We need to preach hope. We need to tell people about hope. We need to let people have hope in God today. Stand with me this morning. In Psalm 42, this is the attitude you need to get. As children of God, we always think sometimes that all Scripture just refers to the perfect person who has nothing wrong doing these things. And the psalmist said here, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, there's that water again, so my, or so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Well, I'm not looking for the water unless I'm thirsting for it. 
what we need to have is the attitude. It's when I start feeling that dryness in my soul. I don't drop my head, but I start going after it. Just like a deer goes after the water, after, the, after that creek, after that flowing water. He said, my soul is, is after you, O oh God. I'm not going to live in shame. I'm going to live in hope. My soul thirsteth for God who is the living waters. He said so. For the living God or the living waters. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God. Oh, don't quit coming to the house of God. Don't quit coming to the house of God. I went to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise. With a multitude that kept holy day. Why are you cast down on my soul and why are you disquieted in me? Hope. Thou in God. Hope in God. Don't lose hope. What's going on? You're examining yourself. Why I feel like this? Why am I about ready to give up? Why am I wanting to quit? Why am I even thinking about not going back to church? Because your hope's floating off. He said, let me, let me remind you of something. Hope in God. Keep your hope in God. Shame will run out the door. Fear will run out the door. And you'll be able to be restored. You'll be able to be renewed. You'll, you'll get back to those rivers of living water flowing through you. And you'll be refreshed and renewed. And, and it doesn't mean you're happy about what happened. But you have hope that God can fix whatever's been broken. Hope that God can take care of whatever mistake you ever made. When that thirst comes, go after God. Go after the fountain of living water. The Bible says in, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature and old things are passed away and all things are made new. And it's nothing like that newness, but you ever bought something new and broke it? Just got a brand new phone, dropped it. Go get a new screen. Hey, when you get a new screen, do you still see the cracks? Or is it new? We'll just put you a new screen over the cracked one. That don't do me no good. I need you to get rid of the cracked one. God's not going to paint over. He washes away. Yeah. He, he cleanses. But you are washed. But you are sanctified. But you are justified. That's like you ne- the word justified, that's like you've never done it. And now we're justified by faith in Him. In Romans 8 and 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now that word condemnation means that there is no adverse judgment. When we're in Christ and we make a mistake, it's not judged and sentenced and you're out. He said, when you're in Christ, there's no adverse judgment coming. Not right now, as long as you're in Christ. As long as you are not walking after the flesh, but after the Spirit, which is the fountain of living water. He's always offering hope. He's, he's letting people know, when you belong to me, 
yeah, I want you to be as perfect as you can be, do your best to never make mistakes, but listen, I'm not fixing to just judge you as soon as you make a mistake and throw you out and lose the key. As long as you've got breath, there's hope. Or as long as there's a God, there's hope. There's always hope, church, for any situation. And God's offering hope in this house today. I want to open this altar for you to come and pray this morning. Come and lay down any shame you may have at this altar so you can experience the love of God in this house today. Whatever burden you're carrying, come and lay it down. If it's shame, if it's guilt, come lay it down at the altar today. If it's worry, if it's depression, just come lay it down today. Let the God of all hope restore you. Let the God of all comfort bless you today. You can smile. You can lift your hands and put on a good face. But the Lord sees if you're carrying that shame. It's been long enough. Come lay it down today. Come lay it down in this altar. In the presence of